0: It's the perfect choice for podcasters, so make sure to check it out. Download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor.fm to get started. That's A N C H O R.fm. Back to the show. The kids on Elm Street don't know it yet, but something is coming to get them.
3: There's something out
2: there, isn't there? <laughs>
0: Halloweenies, a Freddy Krueger podcast.
2: Was locked in a room with a girl who went in alive and came out in a rubber bag.
0: From the Consequence Podcast Network, the minds behind the Losers Club, comes a new podcast in fantasy terror.
2: Nancy, there's something wrong with you. You're imagining. It.
0: Halloweenies, a Freddy Krueger podcast. Consequence Podcast Network.
1: To all of you pod people out there, I am your host, Leo Phillips, and this is another edition of This Must Be The Gig. It's your little backstage pass to the world of live music. If you're just tuning in for the first time, welcome. Where the hell have you been? Um, I'm excited this week because I wanted to just tell you what we do. So... This show is all about bringing you fascinating conversations from the beating heart of the live music and performance scene. And what that really means is us chatting to musicians, festival founders about curating lineups, comedians about their favorite and first shows that they ever performed, actors. Honestly, anyone obsessed with performance in the way that we are here. But before we dig into this week's monumental, biblical, phenomenal Mind-blowing interview. (laughs) Let's just check in with our giggling constant companion here at TMBTG Studios. Hello, Engineer Adam. Hey, hi.
0: (laughs) Happy Wednesday.
1: How's everything? How's everything happening? It's a new way of saying (laughs) how's how's it it happening.
0: Well, (laughs) (laughs) atoms uh, come together and form molecules. Great. That's how everything's happening.
1: Atoms or atoms? Both. Oh, what did you originally say? Atoms. Atoms. (laughs) Adams, (laughs) atoms Adams. <laughs> <laughs> it's been the start of fall, although yes. that technically started up here in Chicago uh, two weeks ago.
0: Yes, there were some really cold days, but then you got some weird warm days too. You, you can't judge anything by the weather. You just got to no. look and see where those spooky skeletons are out on people's Which porches we've been and doing. stuff. Yeah, we've
1: been lurking around our neighborhood and taking photos of people's houses, and then I realized. That's not really something you should be doing.
0: I don't know if you're putting up crazy decorations like they're doing around the TMBTG Studios neighborhood.
1: What's the favorite? I think my favorite one is the giant um, uh, blow up dragon that sways from left to yeah, right, yeah. not forward to back. No, just of course. left, to right. And like you can a also. Min- what's it? Uh, a minum- no to Tony.
0: A a Minota Tony. (laughs) What's it called? I don't know. What's
1: the thing that goes from left to right?
0: Oh, a metronome. A metronome. Yes. A Minota Tony. A Minota minota Tony. I liked liked the uh, house that looks like a giant spider covered it in webs Uh, all over the place. Yeah. Because it's one of the most, it's not your like dollar store webbing. It looks, it looks (laughs) legit are you passionate snobby apparently with webbing i am
1: well anyway we've been well we were talking about frank o'hara poems i feel like that's very autumnal uh
0: we we had teas on the way into the studio today oh wow just very fall tea i feel like we always
1: have teas but this week's episode we are hyped up hyped up i I had
0: green tea can you tell i think
1: he loves yorkshire tea do you? Who are we talking about? You will not know until we find out. Anyway,
0: we are hyped up on T, that's for certain. Mm-hmm. But let's say we're also hyped up about our first feature in the show. Mm-hmm. That is the TMBTG Studios live show of the week <laughs> with Don Pardo.
1: This is, this is like DIY presenting <laughs>
0: skill. <laughs>
1: What's um? What do we do every week?
0: So on the live show of the week, each week we highlight one of the most exciting, heart-thumping, revelatory, amazing live events we could find, and we share it here with all of you Pod people, so you can head out to the to the show yourself. So
1: this week's live show of the week, we are looking at a performance from Big Thief at the Moore Theater in Seattle on Saturday, October twenty sixth, and that actually I'm glad we chose this one because our chat this week actually occurs live from seattle
0: so let's just talk about big thief for a second first though yeah they are one of the absolute hottest indie bands out there this year i mean in previous years as well but this year is something special they put out two beloved and critically acclaimed records ufof and two hands both of which Phenomenal! Yeah, Adrian Lanker and the rest of the band put on an incredibly passionate and eclectic show. They really range dynamically, emotionally, acoustically. It's it's a great show, and we have to also mention that the incredible Palehound, who are big fans Wee-hee! of here at the show, will be opening. So make sure to get there early enough for that. And if you want to get in on the excitement of that show or any other, you can head over to StubHub via cosradio.lv/stubhub and find the best selection of tickets to all of the hottest shows. That's, once again, cosradio.lv slash S-T-U-B-H-U-B, cosradio.lv slash StubHub.
1: But let us focus now on this week's show and this week's interview because I'm sure you want to get us to stop talking so that you can get into the, the deep, meaty depths of our conversation. <laughs> so our guest this week is Liam Gallagher. Did you hear that? Liam Gallagher. Wow. So so I, I know it's a huge wow. I've been wanting to chat to him for many, many years. I spoke to um, spoke to his brother a few times in the past, three times. But <laughs> what's great about this is that I have always wanted to talk to Liam. Uh, I'm not comparing the two, but I have always wanted to talk to Liam. So I'm sure I don't need to remind anyone out there who Liam is. But he was the vocalist of the legendary band Oasis yeah and also the frontman of one of my all- time favorites, Bdi. yeah, and now he is the voice of a raucous and really vibrant solo career, as may be attested by his vivacious twitter feed. <laughs> Liam is a quick wit, a sharp tongue, and I find him always continuously entertaining. And this year was a particularly powerful one for the many fanatics out there because we saw the release of both the really insightful documentary Liam Gallagher As It Was and the righteous new album Why Me, Why Not? That's the name. Why Me, Why Not? And this week Liam calls in the studio to discuss many things uh we we didn't have much time because he's currently on tour with the who but you cover a lot of ground we do cover a lot of ground in a very short amount of time we spoke about uh getting starstruck and the concept of that and meeting a Beatle, which he did no prizes for who you guess opening up for the who which i mentioned embracing his future after seeing a band as a teen so we talk about his very first concert again no spoilers for you you haven't earned it and also embracing past mistakes and really realizing and feeling into that idea notion as an artist we also talk about touring with his family what his family means to him and in relation to music and artistry and we bond over reality tv which is obviously exactly what you'd expect an interview with a bona fide rock star to sound like so this is me and Liam Gallagher. Enjoy. Hey, kid, did
2: you know today, sixteen years ago, it was you and I for the last time?
3: I'm in Seattle.
1: Oh wow! I've never been there.
3: Yeah, it's nice, and it's it's raining, which is perfect because I like <laughs> the rain.
1: It's
3: it's reminding me. Of, well, I was brought up in the rain, so it reminds me of being in Manchester. So it's cool.
1: Yeah, no, I can imagine. So you play? Are you playing a gig tomorrow?
3: Yeah, tomorrow with the Who. Yeah.
1: Oh my gosh! So wait, have you played with the Who before the string of dates?
3: Um, we might. I might have done it. No, I never, we've never supported them. No, but we've played like teenage cancer. We've done like uh, gigs for the teenage cancer trust.
1: Mm-hmm. So that's
3: where we've met Roger Daltrey and stuff. But uh, no, it's nice. I'm loving it. It's cool. Oh my
1: gosh, I can imagine. Were you a fan of the Who before this tour? Oh yeah, tour?
3: used to listen to them all the time when we was growing up, smoking weed and, and listening to you know and having the magic mushrooms and just putting them on. It was mega. I love it. And my favourite film is Quadrophenia, so... Yes. It's perfect.
1: And especially catching them live. Have you just noticed anything that you didn't know about their performance before?
3: Uh, Not really, no. I've known everything about it. But they they play for two and a half hours, which is amazing. Oh, God. Because they're like seven like 75 years of age. And I mean, I, yeah. I don't, I could never, I, I could never do that for <laughs> two and a half hours. So
0: respect.
1: I mean, I feel like you could, but it does take, it's not only endurance, it's also just having that, um, ability to really trust in the band around you, have that experience. It's like, they've just been doing no, it for so long. No,
3: I don't, I don't, think, I don't think I could. Two and a half hours is, for me, I don't think, listen, respect for them and each of their own and all right. that, but, No, for me, an hour and a half at the max.
1: I suppose also it depends on what you're singing. You know, there's a lot within what you do that, you know, it requires a lot of energy. And especially because you're using your voice in such different ways on this new album, I can imagine it's Mm. it's getting a little bit, does it get tiring? Or is it just because you No,
3: yeah, well no well yeah, I mean yeah, cool, but it depends how your voice works and that. Not really but we're only playing for like thirty minutes which is good. But I mean no what I'm saying is I'm just saying I I take my hats off to them because mm. for them to be on stage for two and a half hours, whether you're singing or playing guitar, it's respect to them, you know what I mean? But I'm just saying I could I couldn't do that. So Yeah. That's absolutely. What
1: I've I would love to chat about your the documentary. I've actually seen it now twice because I felt like I needed wow. to I needed to go back around, you know, and you you just sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I went back in, and it was such an amazing accomplishment to tack onto your album. Was that right. the idea from the start to have that come out with the album and have it timed like that?
3: I mean, it could have been, but it was certainly not. It wasn't anything to do with me. I mean, I weren't asked about whether I'd done one or not, you know what I mean? Because right. I'd just done one with, with Sonic. So it's, I think it just sort of worked out like that. But. Halfway through, I was like, I was bored of the old idea." Anyway, I was like, "Take the fucking <laughs> camera away from me!" You know what I mean? There's only so, many, only so many times you can see me getting out of a fucking car. So, <laughs> it wasn't my idea to do it, but I'm glad we did it because the success of "As You Were" the record was good. So, I'm glad we captured that moment. But I'm, I'm, I'm asked whether we do it. With we were doing it at all you know I'm asked about documentaries give a shit
1: yeah I suppose it's not only it's it's quite intrusive I found it really interesting that the documentary started with you sitting in a car listening to yourself being interviewed you know it almost sets up the mm. idea that there's a separation between you and the way that you end up being presented across the press and across the world mm. every day did you just think like okay I need to just be honest and clear and answer these questions
3: I don't know I sort of just I mean I don't know I can't remember, but it'd be sort of just like, I don't know, I, mean, I guess that's the best thing about being me, innit? it? You know what I mean? It's like, I, I know who I am and I can just, I right. can be honest with myself and see if I like it. And uh, if you're bullshitting yourself all the time, you will come unstuck, you know what I mean? So uh, the best thing about knowing who you are is to just the honesty about it. So it kind of was all right, because I just say what I say and leave it at that but uh
1: you know a lot of people don't know who they are so I think I don't think you take it for granted but I certainly think that you know especially with documentaries coming out now back 30 40 years ago the idea of an intimate documentary with a rock star would be completely mind-blowing mm. you know with now with mm. social media and everything it's it's yeah,
3: a, reality tv it's sort of it's sort of just exactly. a dumb thing so yeah yeah I like so it's like Listen, you know, I'm sure the fans liked it, and I'm sure people like all this stuff, but I'm really asked about seeing a documentary about me walking into a hotel room and fucking it's all a bit boring, I think. <laughs>
1: I mean, I get, I love that you said that you know who you are because there's, I love the concept of artists who go on stage and present this persona, and I've obviously never mm. found that with you. I saw you play a few years ago, and I just, it was exactly what imagine, your music ama-
3: sounded like. Imagine, imagine, imagine if, imagine if that was my pretense to walk on know. stage and stand oh, there in Imagine <laughs> if that was my fucking thing and really behind behind the fucking doors. I mean, th- I mean a fucking, I mean a Shakespeare and shit, but I just go no. on stage and just be real. Be angry I <laughs> and put on a cricket a bucket out and a parker and just and be really moody with the crowd imagine if that was my persona i'd be fucked up
1: especially coming out with the documentary and the new album does it make it all seem much more cohesive like this is this is all of you coming out
3: yeah 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 no no totally I mean, and that's what i mean i can i look at it and i just go look i think i like there's me that's me this is who it is you either take it or you leave it you know what i mean so i guess if there is any success from it It's good success because people are buying into you and they're not buying into something that you pretend to be. So it's all, it sort of makes it all very real, which is what I'm about, you know what I mean? Going through life, playing a character is not for me, you know what I mean?
1: Of course. Do you think that success is something that you can create then? If you are being yourself and then you have this idea of being successful, you know, you need to make a living, you need to. You want to get your art out there, how do you then separate yourself from getting too connected to it?
3: Well, I'm me 24-7, so, and I'm quite happy with being me 24-7. I'm the same person that I am when I go on stage and I'm the same person I am when I come off stage, so... I'd much prefer it than that I'd hate to have to go I'd hate to have to like try and muster up some kind of new like persona before I go on stage like that would be fucking weird you know what I mean so being on stage is comfortable for me because I'm just being me so I'm quite happy like this you know what I mean and
1: obviously in the documentary I loved when you were asked who are you which I think is such a strange and very pointed blunt question I think it was after the clothing launch or something and you replied Mm. like fuck knows and I I thought that that was like
3: yeah Yeah, no uh, that was probably being sarcastic (laughs) just going oh fuck off you you, stupid I know, you know who I am. <laughs> you who can are, see you? who I are you? Who the fuck are It's a strange question, as well, is it? it's like I was like, oh, come on. And I'm me, anyway. That's who I am.
1: And from the sound of your new album, it sounds like you're much closer to answering that b- with the music. You know, there's, it's a very clear. You can get exactly by listening to the album from start to finish. You can get a very clear idea of where you're at.
3: No, definitely, I definitely, definitely. The re- the record is. Um, it's got some rocking tunes on it, and then it's got some nice, tender, mellower moments. And I think that is a bit of me. I mean, I think I've always been kind of like that. You know what I mean? People seem to think like you're fucking mental 24/7. It's, that is not that is not what I'm about, you know what I mean? I definitely have I have I have um I have my moments, you know what I mean?
1: And I also think that letting an album like this speak for you is really important because I don't know, there's just that one of us, I think it's the track two. Oh, yeah. there's this really beautiful wash of strings and there's this got these gospel vocals and I know that Nick Zinner plays guitar on the track as well.
3: Yeah. That was the last song we did.
1: That was oh, really? the last song we
3: finished with so yeah that was the last one we did in November we'd finished that in England so but no no thank you I I, I like I like this album there's some good uh, some good moments on it I can't wait to do another one.
1: Oh, god I'm sure I'm sure Yeah
3: another album But
1: there's that T-Rex shout out I know in the chorus of Halo so what, what oh, was yeah. that? What was that
3: about? Oh, the banger gong
1: bit.
3: Yes, yes. Yeah, that's no, cool, man. No, I like that song.
1: Going back to the documentary, I really loved that story. I know you mentioned like just sitting, smoking weed, listening to the Who, but I really loved the story of you listening to the Beatles and Jimi Hendrix in your mum's garden.
3: Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, it was definitely that's that's when I was first getting into music. You know what I mean? So I was out buying records and stuff, and they were the they were the kind of records I was buying: Hendrix, Arthur Lee, Love um the kinks the who all the all the classic albums
1: do you remember the first song that like really blew you away out of uh, you know or the or the song that made you think like oh i can do this i can be a singer
3: i mean obviously it was the stone roses the first band that I ever got into you know what I mean that was the one that, that was the first moment when I sort of thought to myself I could do that and I want to do that we used to listen to Simon and Garfunkel on mushrooms and shit it was beautiful
1: it's kind of perfect for that right just relaxing it takes you yeah, to this perfect. different lane.
3: exactly perfect
1: there's also a really touching moment again I'm mentioning the documentary but there's kids that like come up to your to you in the in the car that you're in and they tell you that they oh, don't yeah, yeah, have do
3: tickets
1: I love yeah. that part because I didn't. It's not that I didn't Me expect too. you to be like that, but I, I was that fucking fan. We've all been there to be, like, running around. Oh, no,
3: totally. It was good. It was good. that Listen, that, I mean, that happens quite a bit, but it was good that there was, like, cameras there to capture it, you know what I mean? Because otherwise, people sort of go, oh, yeah, whatever, but listen you don't you know we're always putting people on the guest list you know what I mean because but it was a nice moment with them little Irish lads because it, it was their reaction that was the best bit you know what I mean do
1: you have a memorable fan interaction like that that hasn't been caught on camera that you really remember like wow that's something that made you No, feel... I
3: mean there, no, there, there is those when you meet people and they ask for a picture and they're literally fucking shaking and they can't even take oh. the picture and they're dropping the phone oh, shit. I, think they're, 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 I mean they're, they're nice moments and that but you don't want anyone to be like shaking the shit themselves no but um, but listen, I get it because I'm a fan too. You know what I mean? Right. I've met people as well. I've you know I've been starstruck and all that stuff and all that, and it's good. You it's...
1: have? Yeah, of course. Who who has made you star? I mean, I know you're a music fan, clearly. But well,
3: the met the, the person that made the person that I couldn't uh, meet handle meeting one day, I had to leave the room was Ringo Starr. <laughs> Paul McCartney, I was all right with, but Ringo Starr, I had to get off.
1: Wait, why Ringo and not Paul? I mean, I get it personally as a Beatles fan. Ringo is phenomenal, but why? I don't know.
3: Ringo's the fucking. I don't know what it? Don't, McCartney was just a bit more like eh, and all that he's going oh nice one all that you gotta be i don't know ringo just freaked me out i was like ah, it's fucking ringo man
1: was he levitating like walking like levitating off the ground know, he just
3: like he was, <laughs> he was just like in his voice and everything it was just like, was like i thought it was tripping i was like ah, fuck off
1: they are so ingrained in, in musical history but also in your personal trajectory of your own career
3: exactly. i thought even his name, Ringo, is just like, it's just <laughs> fucking mind-blowing.
1: No, he's not real. He isn't real. Do yeah. you remember the first concert that you ever went to where you felt a little, not starstruck, but a little like, oh, I'm here, I'm watching a show, I'm watching a proper performance?
3: What, like my first ones? Yeah, yes. yeah. The first ones I, the first gig I ever went to was the Stone Roses in Manchester in <sighs> 1989 and it blew my head off. And I remember just going on going, that is it, I'm not working, working, I'm not going to get a job, I'm going to fucking getting a band and that is going to be my path and it was like obviously that was my uh, my epiphany and, that, and it, that was great
1: did you go straight from that point to like, okay, this is it. This is, I'm starting, I'm that doing everything. Straight,
3: straight wow. from that yeah, straight from that point. I went home and told my mum, get off my case, stop getting me, <laughs> making me go out and find a fucking shitty job that I'm going to, no, I'm not going I'm going to hate. You know, I'm just going to go upstairs and carry on chilling out, listen to the music, and it's going to happen. I don't know when, but it will happen. And she's going, yeah, but we need to pay the bills, go out and get a fucking job. I was going, no, 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 no. I mean, I did work a little bit and that, but then, but I was obsessed
0: with the music then after that.
1: No, I can imagine.
0: Pause the podcast.
1: Pause the podcast.
0: Are you looking at a calendar full of great events but struggling to find tickets? StubHub's has got gotcha. Whatever your favorite band, team, or venue, StubHub is here to save the day with the best tickets for any budget.
1: Whether you're looking for a seat at a Broadway show, tickets to the summer's big arena tour, or a night of cheering on your hometown team, StubHub has the seats you're looking for at the price you want to pay.
0: Head to cosradio.lv StubHub or their user-friendly app to find tickets that are 100% guaranteed by FanProtect. StubHub's never sold out, with the most shows, the most tickets, and the most fans.
1: So, head on over to cosradio.lv StubHub, or the StubHub app. The best tickets to the best experiences in music, sports, and theater.
0: That's cosradio.lv StubHub.
1: What makes you then well suited to being a singer? Like, cause you know when you look at something and you feel inspired, that's one thing. But actually going out and doing it every day is unbelievable commitment. I
3: don't know. I just love singing, man. I love. Uh, I don't even whether it's singing or I don't know. I just love to sing, man. I and I don't really sing around the house either. You know what I mean? I'm not like one that. You know, I only kind of sing. I'm every now and again when I play the guitar, I have a little sing song. But I don't know. I just love getting on stage and belting it out in the mic, and I love. Try to move people, you know what I mean Try to touch people with the voice that's i don't know why i don't know why I do it i I just do it It's the most purest thing I think that I can get It's like when you open your mouth and you're singing and people and you're making people happy and stuff it's like you know it's it's free and it's perfect it's magical.
1: No, it really is. I I agree. I feel, like, really touched by that, to be honest, because a lot of people don't really acknowledge that. They just, I don't know, they're so focused on the business, they're so focused on what other people oh, yeah. think.
2: Yeah,
3: I'm not bothered about that. I'm not bothered about the business side. And when you come off stage and you've give, you've sang your soul out and you've sang your heart out, I'm pretty fucked, you know what I mean? Even though I'm just standing there and I don't... I come off stage and I need a, I'm, like, proper zonked for a good hour, you know what I mean? And then I start coming round, you know what I mean? But... Yeah, I don't know how these people do and jump, do it and jump up and down as well. <laughs> that.
1: I mean, you're pretty like sweaty after your shows. So even if, like, I don't know where it's coming from. Maybe it's because you're wearing your Parker and it's like steaming your, <laughs> steaming your skin.
3: <laughs> I don't think it's anything to do with that, man. Even if I, if I went on in a t-shirt, I'd be sweating my Sweetie, head off. You know yeah. what I mean? I think it's, I think it's just because I'm singing that powerful and that exactly. passionate. I think you sort of just work up a sweat.
1: It comes through. Do you? So what is the last thing that you do before you get on stage? Because obviously your love of music above everything else is at the forefront. I can hear it on the album. I can saw it in the documentary. But what is the last thing that you do just before you you get onto the stage?
3: Just before I go on stage? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I'll probably give my girlfriend a kiss. <laughs> or, you
1: got it for good or, luck.
3: I mean, well, yeah, well, yeah. Good luck probably. Yeah. I mean, I don't bless myself. I don't know. I'll probably just give my girlfriend a kiss or fist pump one of my kids and that and then just sort of uh, just uh, sort of go for it for good you know good looking. it's one of them it's like fucking it, I hope my voice is there you know what I mean in my head I'll go oh god you know, I my voice is tonight and then suddenly sort of like just hope for the best you know what I mean some days it's there some days it's amazing some days it's not so good so
1: what do you do to make sure that you're like on track to getting out there and as the first song comes on you're you're right in the zone what do you do for your voice
3: I don't know. I just think you have just got to belt it out. I mean, I mean, I mean, I practice backstage. I warm up a little bit and that, you know what I mean. And obviously, I have me little drinks and stuff. And I'm always sucking on some kind of sweet, you know? and, <laughs> then, uh, and then, and yeah. then, and then you get yeah, and then, yeah, then ones. And then you get on there and you say, sort of, I don't know. I just think you've got to just belt it out, aren't you? And if you know if it's there. Then hopefully it'll be there for the rest of the gig. But when you sort of open your mouth and belt it out and it's not there, you think, fuck, this is going to be a long night. You know what I mean? God,
1: especially when there's this, especially with the talking about the new album, there's this really passionate, uh, I don't know how to word it, but like kind of embrace almost to the album. Like it feels really cohesive and it immediately feels quite exciting and sincere. So you don't want to get on stage and be like, I can't do this work justice.
3: Exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. Well, so well, so, so far, we've, we've, we've sang like four songs off the new album. Mm-hmm. I don't think we'll be playing the whole album in one go, you know what I mean? So I reckon probably we'll play about seven songs, maybe six songs okay. off the new album, four off the old one, and then maybe fill the rest up with Oasis songs, so I think it's a good mix.
1: Do you feel different singing these songs in comparison, like in terms of just knowing them better and being in the studio, being in the writing process? Do you feel like you have a different approach to them, or is it kind of like second nature when you're singing the Oasis songs? Yeah, No,
3: no, I feel the exact same singing these than they do I mean obviously like the first album that's, these are all new songs that we're, that we're singing at the moment but like Wall of Glass now mm. and say like and for what it's worth now that I, I get the stuff sort of like for me obviously they've not been around as long as the Oasis songs but they're getting you know they're getting there so like they're, they're sort of like they're in the zone it's piece of piss you know what I mean
1: Wait do you know that you mentioned Wall of Glass do you know I looked up on set lists and it said that you've performed Wall of Glass a hundred hundred and fifty one times in the last two years wow is that right (laughs) does it feel like that
3: (laughs) it seems pretty good man people like that song but yeah 151 times and i'll have a bit of that
1: yeah you'll take that i mean that's that's not a bad number talking about how you end the album with gone it's got this kind well not the deluxe version the standard version of the album it's got this like insistence to say something while you have a chance you know that's the message that i got i don't know if that's right or not
3: yeah 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 spit it out and like spit it out where you end up
1: yes so do you have that feeling of wanting to take opportunities in that way like to use your platform to say what you want do you feel that within yourself as well
2: uh,
3: not really, no, no. My 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 message is just be your fucking self, and you know what I mean. And like, you know, because you'll be, you know, be be yourself, and that is it. You know what I mean? Because without sounding like all fucking wokey and shit, like, that, be yourself, and you know, that's it. Do your best you can, and that. And, that, and if you, if it's not your best, then then it's fine. You know what I mean? Like, I've got no, I'm not really politically driven or anything right. like that. I'm master like that, that shit just goes round and round in the background. you know what I mean? But um, yeah, do your best, man. And if you know, and if it's not good enough, then it's not good enough. But if you're doing your best, then it is good enough, isn't it?
1: It's such a good message, and especially is it true that your son has been playing on stage with you as well?
3: Yeah, he's been playing the drums on the river. Yeah, so oh it sounds God. really glammy. Like we've got two kits, so he's buzzing. Yeah.
1: Oh, how, did he ask you for any tips, or is he just like fuck that? I'm just going to do what do my best.
3: No, he just got he goes straight on there <laughs> with a little bear in his hands, and then he has it. But no, nah, he's loving it. It's only one song, but he's, it's good thing because he's a bit of a drummer. And he, keeps him out of trouble being
1: right there with you and getting to experience that so you yeah. don't have to walk off stage exactly and I'm, playing, it.
3: I'm playing like he's done he's done 3 nights at the hollywood bowl you know what oh i mean my so God. that's good for him
1: but that's an unbelievable achievement
3: and that's he's in, and he's in seattle now and he's a big fan of nirvana so he's just gone to Kurt Cobain's graveyard or wherever all his house and that so he's out there <laughs> taking pictures so he's having a life he's having a good time
1: i'm sure i know the answer but i am wondering i'm curious is it just incredible to have your family with you yeah
3: no no, it is nice i mean no it's nice to wake up and have the kids around and just sort of keep you sort of like you're having you know we go out and we have a couple of drinks and all that but we don't go too mad. you know what i mean it's nice to have people around man you know it's nice to have your family around so it's because you sort of just we're having a more Nicer time instead of a madder time. You know what I mean?
1: Right. Is that what you need though to perform? Like you know, there's certain artists yeah. who need things around them to perform their best. Yeah. I mean,
3: I mean, I mean, listen. I mean, it just works out that they can come. You know what I mean? And we're lucky that they can come. But I mean, I don't. It is nice to have them. But I mean, I mean, I don't. I would not say I need it, but you know what I mean. It is, but it's nice to just wake up all in the same old cell and go for lunch and stuff. I mean. But it, yeah, we don't know whether they need it or not. But it is nice to have them here. Yeah.
1: I know that in the documentary, your mum said that she found it quite hard at the beginning of your career. Do you feel that you are leaning more towards having your family around because you just know after years and years of doing this how important that is?
3: Yeah, no, no. I do, yeah, no. Well, all them days of going around drinking in bars and stuff and all, actually, they're well they're over that now. You know what I mean? The gigs are too important. You did it because you were young and you were bored and you're on your hotel room and like you don't get hung out, you don't get the hangovers, they don't take so long, you can bounce back quicker. But if I was to go out now drinking the night before the gig Oh God. Then um, <laughs> the gig would be fucking the gig would be terrible. So I'd get make sure to get an early night before the gig, you know what I mean? If I've got a few days off, then we'll have a drink and that but...
1: but that also aligns with like if you're gonna try and be who you are, or if you're going to be who you are, taking care of yourself is really up there and that just that just makes sense. You know, Exactly.
3: Well I've done all that fucking around and it's a nightmare going <laughs> nothing worse than nothing worse than not doing not being able to do your job properly, you know what I mean, and coming off and letting people down. I never want that feeling ever again, you know what I mean? So yeah, it's time to knuckle down
1: what was the first show you ever performed in front of an audience
3: i think it was in the boardwalk in manchester and there was about seven people there and they were like my <laughs> no mates and they were sort of like just going like can we fucking can we get off <laughs> how many more songs are you gonna do we're like I go on, we've already got three they're going come on fuck all this nonsense off let's go to the pub they were interested you know what i mean they thought we were just being being a bit
1: silly were you nervous at all like was this ever something that you weren't sure of
3: yeah no no i was ne- i was nervous a little bit but they're the hardest people to play for innit? it your family and your friends and that
1: so what do you do in the breaks to make sure that your brain doesn't kind of just go get bored like you said earlier what do you do while you're waiting
3: well i don't know i mean i, I sort of just chill out man in the band, i just sort of chill out in the room and i might go out for a little walk in a bit and I might go out for dinner at night, but nothing too mad. you know what I mean? We're staying out of the pubs anyway, for sure.
1: I know that you and your fiancé watch Love Island. Uh, is that? We do something? watch Love Island. Fuck yeah. I love that show. I love that show.
0: Yeah. I
3: know it's ridiculous and shit and <laughs> so that, but it's good. It keeps you out of trouble.
1: Listen, looking at somebody like Ovi, who was on the last season. Oh, he was,
3: Ovi was well-killed, cool, man.
1: Come on. I mean, that's not shit TV. He was standing up for everything that's right in the world. I mean, he was like exactly. the best beacon.
3: Anyone who anyone who puts these fucking cricket hats in the fridge is cool by me.
1: <laughs> Have you ever done that? Have you ever put your boat, your hat in the fridge if it's hot?
3: No, I've not. But I know I've not. But next time I go to a hot place, they're going in the fucking fridge, man. I was like, oh, fuck no! Oh, come on, come on! I've never thought of that idea. No, he's yeah. a god.
1: He he is. He's a he's a god. He's a he's biblical. You kind of tweeted a few days ago about obviously distancing yourself from Britpop, and do you feel like it's possible mm. for a scene to be good, or does the fact that the scene is made up of like enough bands mean that there's enough? Kind of uncool bands.
3: I mean, I don't. I mean, I don't know. Listen, I was, I was around in the Manchester scene and that, and some of it was good and some of it was fucking awful. You know what I mean? And everyone then jumps on the bandwagon, but I honestly do believe it, and I don't care what anyone says. I never felt part of the Britpop scene. I never did. I, I always felt like we were doing something different, and us and the Verve and maybe a few other bands like Cast. and that, I don't. I just don't think we were. I just felt. I always felt an outsider. You know what I mean? So, and it wasn't because of. I just felt like we were doing a bit something a bit more classic and a bit more everlasting, long lasting. Like that scene was always going to come to a fucking end. Everyone was, everyone and his fucking dog was in a band. You know what I mean? And it wasn't for me. And the proof is in the fucking pudding. Oasis were way bigger, and our songs lasted a lot way way they, 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 they lasted way out longer than that fucking scene.
1: Is there something that you feel you would have maybe imparted on your younger self back in the day? that really you wish you had known when you first started out?
3: No. No, no, because no, because if you start doing stuff like that, you won't. And I've ended up in some beautiful, I've made some beautiful mistakes. You know what I mean?
1: Absolutely.
3: And that's what life's about. Life's about like, if you start going, oh, you can't do this, like you just got to, Go where the go where you go go with the flow, man. See where you end up, and if it if you do a few things that I'd like wrong, and then so be it. You know what I mean? Like it's all good, man. No fucking regrets. No regrets. Cause if you start like mapping yourself out and all that, you'll just end up missing out on some good times and that. So I just go with the flow.
1: Thank you again for listening to this week's episode. Here's a little reminder that StubHub is the best place to score the tickets you need whenever you need them. Backed by their 100% Fan Protect guarantee, StubHub has the seats you want at the price you want to pay. And they're never sold out, so you can score tickets up to the last minute. Head to cosradio.lv slash StubHub. That's cosradio.lv slash StubHub. StubHub. And then enjoy the show,
0: Consequence Podcast Network.